got blood, we've got destroyers, so you know what that means. Welcome to another exciting episode of Blood and Destroyers, an all elite wrestling podcast brought to you by RPGera.com. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show today, it is Sev. Hey, Blood and Destroyers Galaxy, it's been a week. I've moved ice, but yeah, yeah, it's been a week or two. It's been two weeks. Two weeks. I have brought a stable with me, and this week is Lady Frost. Glacier and Hulk Hogan on a bus. And it's called Winter is Coming. <laughs> <laughs> Hulk Hogan on a bus. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's <laughs> good, man. That's good. Thank you. Lady Frost supposedly going down to Mexico. I saw okay. a news story on that. Yeah, she's being courted by, I think, both AAA and CMLL after oh, nice. departing from... She was an impact, right? Yeah, yeah, she was an impact. Yeah. I saw she might be on her way down to Mexico. Good stable. Timely stable for Winter is Coming this Wednesday night, which we will talk about a little bit later on in the show. But mm-hmm. before we do that, special shout out to Occam's Laser for the literature theme of the podcast. Go check them out wherever you can find music and people, including YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You'll be disappointed. Please take a moment and do us a favor to be so kind. Head on over to Apple Podcasts or whichever app you've chosen to listen to us on and drop us a quick rating and review. It really does help us out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well. Patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Check out our tiers, see what we're doing, and if you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continue to listen to the episodes as they upload each week works wonders as well. And of course, special shout out to current executive producers, Jexx and Zenku. Yeah, man, we took last week off. Um, I was in quite a bit of pain needing a, my God. I'm So I'm watching football on the side and I'm watching NFL Red Zone and it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the San Francisco 40 Riders, uh, San Francisco 49ers right now and Jimmy Garoppolo is out for the season. Brock Purdy, QB for the 49ers, just got obliterated by the Tampa Bay defense on a sack. Like, I thought he was killed. Anyway, um, I was in a lot of pain last week needing a root canal done and it was hard for me to talk. So we actually skipped a lot of content last week. We basically skipped everything except for BG Mania, which was pre-recorded already. Um, and then you were in the process of moving. Yeah, so we so just, I uh, yeah. Yeah, I moved out and I... Uh, Did you finally get out of the UK? You finally decided no, no. you had enough of the of the, of the the kingdom? No, I'm still in the UK. Oh, okay. um, yeah, just moved same time. Um, moved, moved not far down the road, but I did have to wait a week for my internet to be uh, moved over, which meant I wasn't available for recording, so... You have more room for cats now, though? I actually do have more room for cats, yeah. Maybe I will get some. Meow, meow. <laughs> or maybe I'll uh, just coax the neighbor's cats in. There you go. You used to do that. You were pretty good at that. Yeah, They'd yeah. all come and have a beer with you outside on the patio and stuff. Did I had like three or four regular cats that come to my back garden and hang out with me, yeah? Yeah. The cat whisperer. <laughs> S- Severin D. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay that we took last week off, though. Um, We didn't even have the full... I wanted to do some predictions for Final Battle, but Mm -hmm. we didn't even know pretty much the entire card until... Wednesday night or Friday night or something like that like it was pretty late that we got the entire card confirmed end up being a good show we'll run down that here in just a minute but Dynamite and Rampage two weeks ago I didn't think they were that solid of shows did you even end up going back and watching them see because I had no internet I had no way of watching them Um, yeah and as as the weeks passed I saw I saw everything that happened online so it was was not worth my time to go back and watch them yeah I wasn't uh, I wasn't too impressed two weeks ago but I did think that this past week, which we will talk about in just a few minutes, was was quite a bit better. Um, 
I'm looking forward to talking about a few of these things that happened on Dynamite. But I do want to begin the show with a couple of things here before we get into our usuals. And I want to start off actually with Final Battle because that was live yesterday as of time of recording. And actually, if I can stick to what we started a few weeks ago, this will post a couple hours after you and I record it. So if you're listening to this the day it posts or the day after, then this past Saturday, December 10th at the College Park Center in Arlington, Texas, we had Final Battle 2022 and ended up being a pretty good show. We had 12 matches total, four on the zero hour pre-show and then, you know, eight on the actual main card. So not going to do like a a match by match breakdown. I'm just going to run down the results real quick. On the zero hour, we had Jeff Cobb defeating Mascara Dorado. The Jericho Appreciation Society, Angelo Parker and Matt Menard defeated Shinobi Shadow Squad, which consists of Cheeseburger and Eli Isom. We had women's action on Zero Hour. Willow Nightingale defeated Trisha Dora. And in honestly one of the matches of the night, in in my opinion, um, Top Flight defeated The Kingdom, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett, which was a little surprising. I wasn't expecting Top Flight to get the victory there, but ended up being a hell of a fucking match, dude. Really, really solid for, for Zero Hour. And like I said, ended up being one of my favorite matches of the entire show. And it was on Zero Hour. So really entertaining. And then we move into the main show. We had another kind of surprising result here. So Blake Christian and A.R. Fox defeated Rush and Jerlistico. Okay. Uh, which was not expected. I, I assumed that Roosh and Jerlistico were going to roll through Blake Christian and AR Fox, but they did not. And there almost appeared to be like, uh, it, like it wasn't planned. Like, you know what I mean? Like the referee kind of three and someone forgot to kick out. Almost okay, felt yeah. like one of those <laughs> situations. I don't know if they were supposed to win or not, but it was definitely shocking. We had the ROH women's title on the line, and Athena is your new women's champ for ring of honor she defeated mercedes martinez nice. which i do like i think that athena needed to get some sort of victory and some sort of title in aew and ring of honor and i'm, I'm glad that she was able to we had tag team action swerve in our glory swerve strickland and keith lee defeated shane taylor promotions shane taylor and jd griffey in a pretty solid match actually The ROH six-man tag titles were on the line as Dalton Castle and the boys defended against the embassies Brian Cage and the Gates of Agony. And we had new champs there, Brian Cage and the Gates of Agony, capturing those six-man titles. Which makes me think that, well, I'm scared for Dalton Castle, right? Because he was never signed. Yeah, yeah. And I'm worried that him dropping the titles means that they're phasing him out, kind of like they did every other champion when Tony Khan took over Ring of Honor and how he changed all the titles. Now, granted, Dalton Castle and the boys did get the titles off of um, what were the, the, the guys that are pretty much going to be showing up in WWE now, and they're going to be with Bray Wyatt, but they were on Impact for a minute. Um, I don't remember their names, but... Uh, no, I'm drawing a blank. Guy's got dreads. Oh, Vincent. Uh, yeah, his crew. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Vincent and the guy with the mustache. Yeah, they were the six-man champs back at the beginning of the year, and then Dalton Castle and the boys got the titles, and but they were never signed, so I'm a little worried about that. The pure title was on the line as Daniel Garcia defended against Wheeler Utah, and we had a new champion there as well. Wheeler Utah recapturing the ROH pure title after... Uh, 
the referee stopped the match, which it was a pretty good match, actually. Not okay. bad. Match of the night for the ROH World Tag Titles. <laughs> we had FTR defending against the Briscoes in a double dog collar match. And we had new champions there, too. The Briscoes recapturing for the 13th time the Ring of Honor Tag Team Titles, effectively taking FTR down to just four belts total, right? Now they just have the IWGP Heavyweight Titles and the AAA, AAA. Tag Titles. Okay, yep. yeah. They no longer have the Ring of Honor. But um, a hell of a fucking match, man. Very bloody. Very brutal. It was damn impressive. Like, they always steal the show. I could watch an entire pay-per-view with just one match as long as it's FTR and the Briscoes. They just uh, I know they, you did send me they a know picture how to perform. Of, and did the ref blade in that match? Is that where the it was? ref bladed, dude? <laughs> it was incredible. They had a. <laughs> I mean, I know there's there's been probably some instances where referees have have bladed in the past, but uh, yeah, man, Mike Posey took a took a bump during the match, did something, bladed, was bleeding profusely, just like the other four guys were in the match. Was was pretty freaking cool. Actually. Actually, we had the TV title on the line as Samoa Joe defended against Juice Robinson, and he did retain. So Samoa Joe still your Ring of Honor TV champ. Juice looked pretty damn good, though, in this match. And then in the main event, the ROH world title was on the line as Chris Jericho defended against Claudio Castagnoli. And we had a new champion there as well. Claudio recapturing the ROH world title and does not have to join the Jericho Appreciation Society. Okay. Which I'm a little surprised. Yeah, I'm a little surprised. I actually thought this was being set up to have Claudio join the Jericho Appreciation Society against his will, right? And and to kind of get some comedy out of that since Regal is gone. And, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit later on because that plays into something we saw on Dynamite. And it almost felt like the Blackpool Combat Club was going to be phased out. But mm-hmm. that does not appear to be the case. They they have two titles once again within their faction. So yeah. TK must be trying to keep them relevant. Yeah. She's not, so, not ready to let go yet. No, not ready to let go of the BCC just yet. But it was a good pay-per-view, man. It was a it was a solid show in the afternoon on Saturday. It started at like 4 p.m. Eastern. The zero hour started at three, so they had a an early start time. But it was a, a really solid show. And one of the things that everybody was looking forward to was Tony Khan stating he would have some information on a weekly TV show for Ring of Honor coming out of Final Battle. And it turns out what we're gonna get is the relaunch of Honor Club, okay. which is Ring of Honor's old streaming service. Yeah. So they will be producing sometime after the first of the year. It says new weekly TV episodes will be coming soon sometime after the first of the year to Honor Club. And it is available pretty much everywhere. iOS, Android, Roku, Amazon Fire TVs. Like it's it's pretty much available wherever you can stream things for $9.99 a month. And unfortunately, it's a hard sell. bit of a hard sell for right now, especially because the pay-per-views aren't included when they're happening. So like a 90-day wait or something? 90-day wait, yep. Yeah, I don't think after 90 days I'm interested to go back and watch a pay-per-view that old. No, I like to watch things when it's current, so... This this is kind of a tough sell for me. Pay-per-views are generally available for 40 bucks. Um... I don't know that I will sign up for Honor Club right away. I may. 
I may just to check it out to kind of see what they're going to do for their weekly TV show. It might be exciting to kick things off, right? So I might sign up for the first month or something, see mm-hmm. how it does, and then make a decision if I'm going to keep it or not after that. But at least it's exciting that they're starting to do something with Ring of Honor. And I think this also, because there's been some shakeup at Warner Brothers and Discovery to where I think like the the girl that was in charge of content for AEW at WB Discovery was let go. So if it ever came in the future to where AEW was dropped from TNT and TBS, they are getting their feet wet with a streaming service now in Ring of Honor, which, which could, you know, hold them over. If AEW had to move to a streaming service until they picked up a new TV deal or something like that. So I'm sort of glad they're doing this. But I do wish it would be on an actual channel as well because I think it would clearly put more eyes on Ring of Honor as opposed to just doing it on Honor Club. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe there will be millions of people signing up for Honor Club, but I doubt it. Yeah, I highly doubt it. Um, I pay for AEW Plus via Fight TV. That's how I watch AEW, and I don't pay nine ninety nine a month for that. I pay five ninety nine a month, and the uh, the pound and the US dollar are pretty much on level at the moment. So yeah, they're pretty similar right now. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so there's no way I'm paying more for Ring of Honor than I am to watch AEW. So. <laughs> mm. Wish maybe I could get it on fight. Yeah, if they did a combo pack and it was both of them for like ten pound a month, then maybe I'd check it out. But yeah, I'm definitely not. I'm up in my subscription by another ten pound just to watch it. I'm actually it. kind of surprised they did. They just didn't put Ring of Honor on fight. Yeah, like that seems to be. That's where a lot of other wrestling promotions are going. It's a lot of indie ones that are like part of Fight TV Plus or have just got their own pay per subscription. It's unfortunate that that's not available in the U.S. I I enjoy every time that I get to see like a replay of the fight versions of Dynamite and Rampage without the commercials because Taz and Excalibur and Tony Schiavone say some stupid shit during the commercial breaks, which are always hilarious. (sighs) But, Sev, two weeks ago, you and I debuted a new segment (laughs) and we have some updates on this. So we need to do a little... Mercedes Vernado. And it turns out she's in Japan. She's <laughs> going to Japan. This is exciting, man. This is actually real exciting. So there have been a lot of breaking news stories regarding her over the past few days since this came out. Uh, it was announced, what, I think five or six days ago, something like that, that she was going to be involved no, it was actually three days ago. I think we talked about it during the Game Awards. I think I was streaming and I mentioned it. Because I remember talking to you about it. Like, yeah, I yeah, said we had some breaking news. news from Fightful. Yeah, so it was on Thursday, actually. She was announced to be taking part of Wrestle Kingdom 17 this January for um, New Japan Pro Wrestling, which Wrestle Kingdom 17 is a two-day event taking place on um, January 4th. And January 21st. So it's weird okay. that it's split by like 17 days. Yeah. Like, 17 days. 
Yeah, a couple, like, two and a half weeks or something. Usually, I think last year it was back-to-back, like the fourth and the fifth, if it would have been this year, or 2023. But um, it's looking like a pretty good card so far. Jay White v. Kazuchika Okada for the IWGP World Heavyweight title, which Jay White currently holds. The IWGP Women's title, which is something new for New Japan. Uh, Kyrie, formerly known as Kyrie Sane in WWE, is going to be defending against Tam Nakano. And there are rumors that Mercedes Renato, or utilizing the name that she trademarked recently, Mercedes Monet, I'm assuming that's probably okay. going to be her new ring name, um, is going to be getting a shot at that IWGP title, the women's title, in the U.S. when New Japan comes over in February in California. So okay. she's she's going to be making an appearance there on January 4th. I will for sure be watching so January 4th is unfortunately a Wednesday. I don't know why they're doing this in the middle of the week, but um, I think it's because it's always on the 4th, which kind of sucks. I wish they would just start doing it on weekends because it starts at like 3 a.m. my time and goes to like 7 a.m. So I have to make a decision like, am I going to go to bed early and just get up really early, watch this and then start work right after? Or am I going to watch this after work? And I kind of want to watch it live since Mercedes is going to be there. I, I don't want to get spoiled on what happens. So I may just have to be tired that day, which really sucks. But anyway, um, looking like a good show. And there are a lot of possibilities coming out of this now, now that she has been announced for Wrestle Kingdom. And there was a recent report yesterday or today even might have been last night, might have been early this morning. But Dave Meltzer was talking on the Wrestling Observer Radio and said that she is theoretically and basically done with WWE. She has yeah, not signed a contract with JPW. Yeah, she hasn't signed a contract, but she's verbally agreed to the Wrestle Kingdom 17 date and more dates with New Japan Pro Wrestling. But you know, now that she's entering NJPW, the door is theoretically wide open and it's only a matter of time before she appears with AEW. Yeah, see, uh, if we add up, like, that she said she wouldn't wrestle till January, uh, that NJPW have strong ties with the Ring of Honor, Tony Khan said, the Ring of Honor will have strong ties with NJPW going forward, and uh, Ring of Honor is launching. She's too big for Ring of Honor, though. <laughs> you reckon? I think oh, yeah, so. I, I, yeah, I agree. She is, but she is massive. But maybe, maybe if he wants people to pay that money, then he'll <laughs> I see what you Honor. did there. <laughs> <laughs> Show me the money. Wants people to pay the money for Honor Club. I see what you did there. I like that. Yeah. 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 I definitely she'd appear on AEW before she appears on uh, Ring of Honor. But well, there are rumors. Because, what is it, the first show of January or something like that, it's Britt Baker and um, Jamie Hayter taking on Soraya and a mystery partner. Yeah. There are rumors it's her. Yeah, see, I had that down in my notes to mention that I, I don't want to jump on the band, the Sasha bandwagon straight away. I want to see, I want to give it like a week or two and see how much like the commentary hype it up. If it gets like, do you know when uh, CM, 4CM Punk debuted and they were like, oh, it's the first dance. It's, uh, they made a massive, massive deal out of it. If they do the same with this match, then we should expect Sasha. But if it's kind of like lukewarm hype, I'd, uh, yeah, I'd expect Naomi at best. <laughs> So there were people talking backstage in, in, in AEW. I saw some reports coming out that there are people within the company that feel like Sasha Banks could be, or Mercedes Renato, could be the savior for some of the declining TV ratings on Dynamite and Rampage. Do you think that's the case? 
no, I, no, I, I, I would say no. Like, I'm, I'm, so not, I'm not one that believes that like, the casuals will save us if that's what we need. Do you know what I mean? Like, the the people who tuned in just for punk were there just for punk. They weren't there for the rest of it. And I don't think the people who tune in just for Sasha are the people that we should be uh, also catering towards, essentially. Um, I think you just, build, you just book, book better and build better storylines. And that's what, that's what should draw people in. We want to draw people like the dedicated fan base like that's kind of what we need and, and you we should remind everybody are a massive fan of Sasha oh, yeah she's the, she's the only person I, I want being reckless <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna flip your shit man if she actually shows up on dynamite or something like that oh yeah yeah which I would too man like it's a big deal and I've been secretly hoping and I know I've said it multiple times on this podcast but I didn't want her to go back to WWE I really wanted to see her explore other avenues and options and make professional wrestling exciting and I feel like you have to do things like this to make professional wrestling exciting like sure going back to WWE that's the comfort uh, the comfortable thing to do right like it's the easy thing to do but taking a chance going somewhere else getting paid roughly the same or maybe even more Tony Khan might be willing to I guess the big hang-up between Mercedes and WWE was money, and I'm assuming Tony Khan would be willing to, or has been willing to, throw whatever she wants to get her over there because it would be a big deal for AEW to get her, even for just a a year or a couple years or whatever, hopefully longer than nine months like Regal was around for. Mm -hmm. But um, it's a big deal, and I think that's the kind of stuff that makes professional wrestling exciting, and without that, it just... It starts getting stale. Like, there has to be these earth-shattering things that happen from time to time. And we haven't really had one, like, since CM Punk, right? Yeah. So I'm just sat here. Yeah, went down the pan. So I'm just sat here wondering. I know there's, like, copyrights, isn't there? Like, we're using music and, like, trademark images. Is it, like, if you you alter it slightly, then it becomes a new IP, essentially? I think that's how it works. So either Tony Khan needs to buy uh, Shane O'Mac's entrance music or they just need to alter it a little bit. So when she enters, it's like, here comes the money. Here we go. Here comes the money. Double <laughs> <laughs> dollar bills, yo. She comes out swinging her arms, right? <laughs> In the DX jersey. <laughs> yeah. I, I realistically think she comes down to a Snoop Dogg song. To be fair, yeah, yeah. I mean, that it's the be. easiest thing for them to do, and he probably wouldn't even make them pay for it. Yeah, well, he might. Imagine. He likes money, too, but who knows? Who knows? But that's exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what she does with Wrestle Kingdom 17, how long she sticks around in New Japan, and hopefully uh, appears in AEW. We are on the cusp of maybe some interesting weeks ahead, and I am looking forward to it. I really am. Ooh, man, that was a long intro. It was. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's speed through... Elevation and Dark from last week. We actually have two episodes of Elevation to get through because they had an episode on Monday the 5th and then they had a special episode before Final Battle on December 10th. I did. I noticed it went up, but I never actually got a chance to look what was on it. It was basically just people from Ring of Honor wrestling on Elevation. Okay. Just just to get them some wins before Final Battle. (laughs) You know how they do Elevation. Yeah, yeah. But starting with the episode from this past Monday, December 5th, which was taped at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum in Indianapolis, Indiana, we had Hagane Shino. Hagane Shino. I don't know who that is. He's a Japanese professional wrestler. He defeated Nick Camarado. 
Uh, Marina Shafir and Nyla Rose defeated Alice Crawley and Kitty LaFleur. Kiara Hogan defeated Nikki Victory. Top Flight defeated the Outrunners, Truth Magnum and Turbo Floyd. Emi Sakura defeated Madison Rain. I'm sure you are not um, upset by that. Emi Sakura be Madison Rain. Yeah, Madison Rain's like not getting any victories. <laughs> no. Jobber status. She needs Josh Matthews to save her. Uh, <laughs> Lee Moriarty defeated Serpentico. The Embassy, which was Brian Cage of the Gates of Agony, defeated Dan Adams, Facade, and Star Rider. Kip Sabian defeated Alex Reynolds. And in the main event, Konosuke Takeshita defeated Aaron Solo. Nice. Our boy Takeshita. Yeah, Takeshita, man. Can't wait to talk about his match on Friday night when we get to it right. a little bit later. But that was on December 5th. And then the elevation that took place on December 10th, which was Saturday, we had four matches only. The Kingdoms, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett, defeated Ativalu and Sal Muscat. Athena defeated Matty Renkowski. Top Flight defeated Aaron Solo and Nick Camarado. And in the main event, Juice Robinson defeated Hagane Shino. Once again, back-to-back elevation appearances. <laughs> and then Tuesday, December 6th, was Dark, which was was taped at the Jim Whelan Boardwalk Hall in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Dalton Castle and the boys defeated Jaden Vallo, Justin Carino, and Sonny Defarge. Is Justin Carino related to Steve Carino? Carino's uh, got a son who wrestles, but I'm not sure if it's... Doesn't look so. like he is related, or if so, Pro Wrestling Phantom doesn't say that he is. Anyway. Yeah. Abaddon defeated Leva Bates. Brian Cage defeated Leon Ruffin. Jay Lethal defeated the Brick City Boys. Oh, sorry. Jay Lethal and Sotnam Singh defeated the Brick City Boys. Jay Cruz and Victor Chase. Athena defeated Becca, B3CCA. And in the main event, Trent Beretta defeated Anthony Henry. Oh, yeah, okay. Yep, lost. In a, in a lengthy match. Almost 11 yeah. minutes for Dark. Nice, nice. Yeah, lengthy match. Did not watch Dark. Watched a little bit of Elevation on Monday. Forgot that they were doing one on Saturday, so I didn't actually watch that. So I probably won't go back and watch any of these to completion. I don't think so. No, I'm going to go check out any, any, any Anarchy Henry versus Trent, but that'll be about it. Yeah, I'd be curious how that match went almost 11 minutes. It's got to be pretty good, you would think. Yeah, it's got two solid wrestlers in there. It must be good. Yeah, it must be good. But let's go ahead and since we did talk so long at the beginning, we'll jump right into our recap of Dynamite and Rampage, obviously kicking things off with Dynamite. You and I ranked six things. I'll take the highs. You take the lows. Start us off. What's your number six? Number six, uh, we'll preface by saying uh, pretty good Dynamite. I like everything on it, realistically. So the the last one is just the last one. It's not, it's not bad. Uh, but number six on my list is the Jericho Appreciation Society versus the Blackpool Combat Club. Okay, I had that at number five. So close, so close. Um, I did appreciate the was it the graphic when Hager come down? It's like Hager, Jake Hager, Jake with, Hager his with his hat. <laughs> 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 no, which is pretty good. Yeah, we had hat signs in the crowd. We had people, I hate the hat signs. Um, she was definitely getting over. He did have a hat for Claudio. She tried to put on him, but he wasn't a fan of it. Uh, I can't so believe the hat's away. getting over, man. I'm not surprised, but I can't believe the hat is getting as over as it is. And I think it's just the stupidity of it all. Yeah, I mean, Jericho could show us, like, you can get a bat over, you can get a list over. You just have to know, catch that lightning in a bottle to do it, and then it will it will go. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it, was, it was a pretty good match. It was just a, a momentum sort of match, if you get me. Like, it was just yeah. kind of there to lead into the pay-per-view next week or the, pay- the final battle pay-per-view has just been 
Um, and I'm not really a massive fan of Claudia using the uppercut as a finisher. I didn't think it looked uh, necessarily very strong. But yeah, it was an all right match. Uh, and then we got the, the, the Regal promo afterwards. Which was a little sad. Like, I'm glad they did it, and I'm glad they gave Regal an opportunity to say goodbye on TV. Mm-hmm. But it was a little sad, especially at the end where he's like, you know, it's been emotional, right? Like, like I, I don't know, man. It was sad. I'm sad to see him go. Yeah, I am sad to see him go, but I think we all know, like, Regal's, Regal's WWE through and through, isn't he? And Maybe. his son's there. Yeah, yeah. If he was never fired, he would have stayed there for life, essentially. And I think that's what he's doing. He's going back. Um, he's big friends with Triple H. But yeah, he said, uh, I'm teaching you a final lesson, and that's to keep keep your eyes. Basically, like, keep your eyes on the prize and keep your eyes in the back of your head or something. Yeah. Uh, and off he went. Uh, yeah, it's all right. And then Mox got on the mic and said, he's going to make a statement. We're going to make statements, statements, statements. Mox's <laughs> promo was heavily geared toward pro wrestling, right? like how pro wrestling is is going to thrive and all that kind of stuff and it almost it made me wonder like did TK tell Mox to lean heavily into pro wrestling after Regal's going back to the land of sports entertainment <laughs> maybe yeah that might be yeah good match though it was all right um i had it near the bottom but not quite at the bottom i did have something else a little bit lower than that uh number 1 on my list I'm assuming is also number one on your list. And that is slight spoiler for something that took place right before it. But the entering promo between Ricky Starks and MJF. Yeah, absolutely. This was incredible. I was blown away by the amount of intensity between both MJF and Ricky Starks leading up to their match this coming up Wednesday at Winter is Coming. Hopefully Hulk Hogan doesn't show up in a bus. But um, very, very good stuff here, man. A lot of solid insults, right? Like, we had classic MJF here and... What some of the thing? What were some of the things that he said? So he basically ran down Ricky Starks for being a knockoff of The Rock. Dropped a Rudy Poo candy ass in there. Called him Dollar Store Dwayne. Called Good. him the Pebble. <laughs> <laughs> said he was gonna take him out back, skip him across the pond, right back to Billy Corgan's NWA and YouTube. <laughs> yeah, beautiful way. It was good stuff. And then Starks, right after MJF gets done for several minutes going off, gets on the mic and immediately goes off as well, calling MJF Maxi Pad, which the crowd instantly starts chanting Maxi Pad. And, and MJF kind of mouthed Turkey Starks, if that shit catches on, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, which I enjoyed. And it was just, oh my God, man. It was what we needed from Ricky Starks and MJF. Like this shows that fresh talent that is basically homegrown within AEW, not from WWE, right? These guys have never touched foot over there. They weren't household names by any means before AEW. They can carry the main event, and this is what we needed, something fresh. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just to add to the things that Ricky Starks said, he, he said that, was it MJF uses spray tan to cover his uh, cover his back? Was it cover his eczema. The... Yeah, he said. He said you walk in the room smelling like spray tan and shit or something like that. Yeah, he smelled like <laughs> ass and paint thinner. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Paint thinner and ass. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, this this was fantastic. Um, uh, MJF kicked Ricky in the nuts and then 
tried to do something else, but then Ricky hit him with like a beautiful spear. Like I really like Ricky Starks' spear. Literally like, speared the shoes off of MJF. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was incredible. It was, it was very good. It makes me very excited for next week. I think it's going to be a hell of a match, man. Um, I'm not going to mention what the match is for because it's going to spoil what we just came right before it. We haven't talked about it yet. But if you're already listening, you probably already know anyway. Uh, it should be a hell of a match, though. Definitely, definitely. It's number five on your list. Probably my number six. So it's a, it's a match in question. Um, the opening match, the Battle Royale, oh. the Dynamite Dynamite Ring. Actually, no, I had that number three. Okay. So, I um, initially had this at number one because I had lumped the promo between Starks and MJF in with the Battle Royal. So initially I had this entire thing at number one. But when you told me you split it, I knocked it down to number three. Yeah, I just thought they were drastically different, and it will probably be painfully obvious why in a second. Um, but yeah, we had the Starks made an entrance, Jungle Boy made an entrance, and then good old Dustin Rhodes makes his entrance. Dude, he's from Texas. What do you expect? Yeah. You know that. I'm shocked. Lance Archer wasn't in this battle royal. Uh, I forget how often they're in Texas. Um, they're in Texas often. often. They are. But yeah, um, I did like uh, All Ego's festive gear. He had nice green and red on. That was quite cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like that Kip and Orange Cassidy were building a story together, but then... They have been. Yeah, they have yeah, been yeah. for a few weeks now, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the match between those two when it eventually happens. Happens. But um, like Kip managed to eliminate Orange Cassidy with the help of the blade. But then immediately after that, uh, Dustin Rhodes hit Kip with a uh, code red and then eliminated. A running Kip. code red, by the way. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. So that like, made me a little sad. To be fair, I wasn't happy with that. Um, many of the things were like Sean Dean lasted a ridiculously long amount of time. I actually, so here's, dude. I was talking in Discord. I thought that Sean Dean was going to get an upset victory here. Because okay. if you remember, there is some long-term long -term storytelling involved. Captain Sean Dean, back during the, the storyline stuff, I forget what storyline it was a part of. May have yeah, been during Cody Rhodes. May have been CM Punk and the Wardlow stuff. Yeah. He has two victories over MJF. He does. I think the disqualification victories aren't they, but victories are victory. I think one's a count out and one's a disqualification. Fair. But yeah, so I yeah. thought they were going to give him a chance to go after the diamond, the dynamite diamond ring. Fair, fair. But um, yeah, uh, our boy Morrissey or Big Bill. Big uh, Bill. <laughs> so stupid. Big Bill. Big Bill. Big Bill will Robbie Morrissey. Uh, he gave Jungle Boy a massive slam on the a choke slam on the apron that looked really painful. And then uh, yeah, Starks won the battle royal, which then brought MJF to our number one. Yeah. Yeah. So, I so, it so the very so much the more. match this Wednesday, it's not only for the diamond the dynamite diamond ring, it's also for the AEW World Title because Ricky Starks also beat Ethan Page at uh, the Dynamite after Full Gear to get that title shot at Winter is Coming. Yeah, which is I think it kind of makes this battle royal a little pointless because we also have we've already got MJF versus Ricky Starks. It's already set for a storyline. Um, so to add the Dynamite Diamond Ring into it seems just to sort of like tag it on the side um it's a shame that someone else isn't going to get to hold the dynamite diamond ring and it's going to stick with mjf if you get me it's a shame that they didn't split it like i'm i'm fine with ricky starks getting a chance at both but it's a shame yeah. that the they're both being defended in one match because you know mjf isn't losing the world title right. which means he's not losing the ring but Correct. had there been a match just for the title and just for the ring starks could have maybe walked away with the ring and not the title yes exactly and now he's just going to walk away with nothing 
is. But I mean, this is definitely catapulting him to a solid spot in the main event scene. So hopefully he doesn't dissipate back into the crowd and back into, you know, the afterthought status after this match on Wednesday night. Yeah, he's definitely over. The crowd definitely love it. Way over. It'd definitely yeah. be definitely be wrong to push him back down or keep him away. Yeah. So we'll see what they decide to do. Uh number two on my list. Probably not number two on your list. TNT title match between Samoa Joe and Darby Allen. It was number three. Okay. Okay. We're close. Uh, you a little bit higher than you usually have Darby's matches. Uh <laughs> this was actually really solid, dude. Like a, a very good match. That I don't think I was expecting such a solid match between the two. I did like Samoa Joe basically bouncing Darby Allen off of the ring post to the floor, Mm -hmm. which looked vicious as hell, man. Like Darby, he's a great seller, right? He knows how to make things look painful Mm -hmm. and he did a, a hell of a job. He also hit a code red during the match onto Samoa Joe and man, that um, when when I thought he was going to do the what's it called? The muscle buster off oh, of yeah. the top rope. Like I was a little scared when it went when I thought he was going to do that, because I know that I mean, that moves. That's the one that basically took Tyson Kidd out of wrestling. Right. Like if done wrong, that's scary. And top rope shit, you never know what's going to happen. I'm glad they they kind of stopped that and it didn't actually happen, but um, still did hit a muscle buster eventually, but eventually did that onto after the match, right? Once he had won onto the skateboard, which looked really good as well. Yeah. See, I don't know if I've actually mentioned it on this podcast, but I'm, a, I'm an advocate of the muscle busters. Like, it's not that bad of a move. Like, it's he's not. Got, he's got the neck protected. I think Tyson, the Tyson Kidd instant was like a free kick instant. Uh, yeah, which is one of those things that can always happen. Yeah, yeah. We, we saw with Hangman and Mox a few weeks ago. Like, yeah, fucking clothesline. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, I did I did like uh, Samoa Joe doing his, like, you know when he walks away from someone bouncing off the top rope? But he did it yes. to Derby when Derby was trying to do a tope. So Derby jumped outside the ring Smojo just like walks off uh so yeah Darby essentially just jumped out onto the floor much like PCO used to do um yeah it was it was nice we did get did you pick up on the task doing a he said Brainbuster Jones Brainbuster Jones there was a few Jones <laughs> during Dynamite but yeah Brainbuster Jones was one of them <laughs> Yeah, I, I'd like this match. I did too. Purely because uh, a lot of it was Samoa Joe just kicking Darby's ass. Uh, <laughs> and, as, and as I said ages ago, like the key to beating Darby Allen is just to kick his ass until he stops moving. Um, like he's he's not that big of a dude. Like just keep yeah, just keep pummeling him until he stops moving. Um, and yeah, and then Joe put him in a he caught the coffin drop straight into a Kakina clutch. Um, which, which was, was, was a, a cool looking spot. It is, but then that totally negates like Darby Allen's coffin drop, or, like Joe at the impact, quote unquote Joe at the impact of the coffin drop and put it straight into Keena Clark. So he essentially no solved the coffin drop, didn't he? But, That's yeah. true, yeah. That is and then true. we got a nice little, uh, as you said, a muscle buster onto a skateboard, which was a chef's kiss. I like that. Which eventually brought out Wardlow to make the save. And clearly the storyline is not done between Wardlow and Samoa Joe. Right. So, we'll Samoa Joe, the king of TV, as he calls himself, being the ROH TV champion and the TNT champion for AEW. The king of TV. Good. I like it. I like the I moniker. Too. I'd much rather say that than try and have to say this somewhere with a submission machine every every week on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, back to you. We got two left. 
we have uh, number four is going to be uh, the baddie versus Madison Rain, Sky Blue, okay. and Kiara Hogan. I had that at number six. Okay. See, uh, Day Night Sisters like making their trios debut, so they're officially a team now. Um, and they all had matching gear, didn't they? I'm referring to Madison Rain. Yeah, um, they all had like Sky uh, Blue like Sky Kiara Blue's Hogan. blue on. They did. They all had her blue on, basically. Yeah. So um, they need a team name, don't they? Oh my God, you have one. <laughs> no, it's, just, it's not very good, but it's a little intricate. Um, I think, yeah, I think it should be called Blue Triangle. Blue <laughs> Triangle. A, yeah, uh, Madison Rain. She obviously she at the pinfall in this one, so she is the Ray Phoenix of this group. Uh, sure. So she is the Rain Phoenix, isn't she? <laughs> and then, <laughs> then we got Kieran Junior, and that's a bit of a stretch. Uh, and then uh, Blue Pack or Blue Pack Shakur. Blue Pack Shakur. <laughs> oh my god, you're so stupid. Oh no, I had to do something for it. They didn't give him a name. Like if I've got to give him a name, then yeah, Blue Triangle. Blue Triangle. Okay. I like but, it. Um, I like Sky Blue and Red Velvet. I think they did really well in this match, to be fair. Obviously, Sky Blue was being the workhorse for Blue Triangle. And then uh, this is Red Velvet's first match back. Uh, she looked quite vicious. She looked like a couple of It's good to see her back. Yeah, yeah it's good to see her back. Better than she used to be, uh, or from what I remember of her. Um, her new gear fits her better, I think. Yes, yes. And her new look fits in better with the baddies. It does. I very much like uh, she Sky Blue did this like double kick to the outside of the ring, and Velvet caught her in the in the like the ring apron, and then she punched her a bunch. The Sky yeah. Blue fell down the ring apron. So <laughs> she kind of uh, used her as a stepping as a stone step to get into yeah, the ring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty good. Um, it's good shit. They're obviously setting up for Kira Hogan versus Jay Cargill. So they kept them both out of the match quite a lot. And Until then, the end when when yeah. um, Kiera took the... Well, no, Kiera didn't actually take the pinfall. Madison Rain took the pinfall. But Kiera took that vicious spine buster from Jade Cargill. He did, yeah. But um, Kiera got in the ring and she kind of looked like she had Jade's number, if you get me. She was like dodging stuff. She obviously reversed the... The J did. The J did, um, yeah. Yeah, and then she uh, she tagged in Madison Rain, who I'm like, I thought this was Madison Rain's best match so far until she got in the ring. Um, <laughs> and then she got in the ring, and she essentially fell for the same thing that Kiera Hogan just reversed at a J did, and that was the pinfall. Yeah, but yeah up, up until that ending, I thought the match was going actually really well. I didn't hate it. Like, like you said earlier, everything on Dynamite was pretty solid, so my number six doesn't mean that it was terrible by any stretch of the imagination. I, stid, I, I still did enjoy Enjoy the match. Um, I wanted a little bit more out of it, I think. Shout out to Maserati, if she's listening. <laughs> Kyle actually just met her at the uh, at the gym in Vegas. <laughs> he, uh, so him and his wife went to Fort Lauderdale for a beach concert this past weekend. Right. Like, not this past weekend, but over a week ago. Last weekend, uh, December 3rd and 4th. And Maserati, who lives in Vegas, was on their flight out there and also on their flight back home because she flew to Fort Lauderdale to wrestle Red Velvet for some title and another indie promotion and actually beat her for the championship. So she was te- she was telling Kyle all this in the gym, and uh, he he mentioned to her that you and I do an AEW project. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I did look it up. I think she beat her for the All Caribbean Wrestling, so the All that Caribbean right. Wrestling that Women's right. Championship. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks Maserati for uh, beating Red Velvet and sending her packing back to AEW. <laughs> Much appreciated. <laughs> Much appreciated. Oh. 
but it was all right. It was it was an okay match. Looking forward to seeing what they decide to do with Kiara Hogan now that she is a face. Obviously, they are setting up the inevitable TBS title match between Jade and, and Kiara. There ain't no chance Kiara Hogan's going to be the one to dethrone Jade, but hopefully it's a good match. I'm going to do a Bobby Shafira. I think I say, I think it is. I think it's time. I think you think it's Kiara? It. Yeah. All right. We, we ready to be, you ready to be wrong again? Yeah, ready to be. It's not sounds right this time. <laughs> I believe. I believe. If you believe hard enough, it just might happen. Uh, one left. It's my number four. What do you have it at? It was my number two. All right, and that is the tag team title match between the Acclaimed and FTR. And I had this a little low on my list because. I, I'm I'm a little disappointed, right? Like I feel like there's a massive missed opportunity to have FTR hold all of the titles for all of the promotions that they have been working for over the last year, all at once, right? You know, obviously they mm-hmm. have three companies' titles right now, or at this time they had Ring of Honor, New Japan, and, and AAA. They really should have been given a chance to have the AEW tag titles at the same time that they had all those other titles before they started dropping them. And now with Final Battle this past Saturday, they've already dropped the Ring of Honor tag titles, so that that ship has sailed, basically. Yeah. But who would have ever thought, man, like a year ago, or even let's, let's say two years ago, that the Acclaimed would get a clean victory over FTR? It's a little shocking, but it ended up being a hell of a match. Yeah, it was definitely a really good match. I'm pretty sure we got like this is awesome chance from the crowd. Um, yeah, and it, it was a clean victory over FDR, but it was uh, a reverse roll up. So a squeaker win, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't as if um, they hit the they hit their big final move and pinned them clean. They did sort of yeah squeak the win out, but yeah, they did it. They did it. We shout out to uh, Max Caster saying that FTR stands for Find the Remote. Find the Remote, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A great line. It was a def. It was a good rap too, man. I enjoyed it. Um, it was it was a good back and forth match. You know, there was times where FTR looked like they were literally on the cusp of winning, but just barely came up short multiple times. A lot of near falls. Uh, that big rig that they did to Max Caster, I actually thought that might be it because mm-hmm. Bowen's just barely, dude, just barely made the save in time. Like it was pretty incredible. It did, yeah. I bit on that one. I thought it was over there. Um, but yeah, there was a little spot that confused me. There was a spot where, like, Cash Wheeler was on the apron and, like, Dax was facing him. And I think oh, Bowens, like, almost ran into him and then he stopped. And then Dax ran at Bowens. Bowens moved out of the way, so he nearly clashed with Cash. And then he stopped. But then Bowens ran into Dax and Dax moved. And then he headbutted Cash. And it was kind of like, well, you just you just moved out of the way because you know this guy is here. But then you ran back and, yeah. And then they bumped into each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, you already knew he was there. Why would you run back over? But, oh, well. Um, yeah, yeah. I did like I did like Cash at the end with, like, his his bunch of lariats. Like, they looked super tough. And then he hit that power. They did. Um, and I thought, oh, wow, he's really like knocked him out here. Um, but yeah, and they reversed the roll up, the roll up into another roll up, and, and they got the win. Yeah, FTR losing two big high profile matches in one week is kind of shocking, right? Not coming yeah. up in with the uh, AEW titles and then dropping the ROH titles to the Briscoes in a hell of a match at Final Battle. Um, be curious to see if they start dropping their other titles too, right? I mean, they're defending the IWGP tag titles at Russell Kingdom 17, so we'll see if they drop those. And I'm sure AAA wants their titles back eventually since they're never defended. 
yeah, I'd have thought so. I'd have thought, I'd have thought about it. it's about time to um, start passing them back. I mean. So all that being said, how do you rate Dynamite? I give Dynamite a four out of five stars this week. I had it at four stars as well. I thought it was a really solid Dynamite. Um, you know, their their ratings have been slipping on both Wednesdays and Fridays over the past few weeks, but it's still solid content, solid shows. And this week was miles ahead of what they did two weeks ago for Dynamite. So I thought it was good. And I'm looking forward to this Wednesday night for Winter is Coming. It's looking like a really solid show. Yeah, I just bring up, uh, there were a few segments in between as well. Um, there were. We had a couple well, of things that we didn't talk yeah, about. Yeah. Um, we also mentioned earlier that like the Soraya... The Soraya finding a partner for January. I got it down as January 11th. January um, 11th is the date, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. The That's the day they're back in LA, which oh, makes okay. sense for it to be Mercedes again with the ties to Hollywood. And yeah. that's the that's the night for the match seven in the best of seven series if it goes that far. Oh, cool. Which nice. it will. Uh, yeah, yeah, guaranteed. Uh, the sit down with Jamie Hayter. Uh, you might want to start playing the Severus Right music here. Because... Um, <laughs> Hater saying that um, the winner of Shida versus the Bunny for the is it the Rear the Wave Championship or whatever Regina, Shida, Regina, Regina the Wave. Regina the Wave. Um, but yeah, I think this is uh, whoever wins that gets a title shot at uh, at Jamie Hater. I think this is the the most I've heard Jamie Hater talk or most time she's had on talk time. Um, she's got a very good accent. To be fair, it's very yeah. Clean. I it wish doesn't. you sounded like that. <laughs> I don't think I sound miles off that, to be fair. Like, I think I sound a bloody good one at that. Yeah. <laughs> I understand what you're saying, at least. Well, you don't have right. one of those, you don't have one of those deep, like, crazy-ass UK accents that some people have in certain sections yeah, of the country over yeah. there. Grummy accent or Newcastle accent. <laughs> yeah. And then the uh, the one I really wanted to bring up was that, what I thought was absolutely fantastic, the video package from the House of Black. Oh my God, it was great. Yeah, yeah, that Malachi in the middle, and he said uh, basically they're coming after everyone for their sins, and he was like, "Is he like Mrs. Hart? What's the crime?" And she yeah, said, "Yeah, Ms. Hart, what's the crime? Mr. Matthews, Mr. Matthews, what's, what's the... the verdict? Yeah, what's the verdict? And then Mr. King, what's the punishment? It's like extermination, and then they was like, "Come one," and they all went, "Come all." But like, yeah, Wednesday night, challenge anyone. I hope to God that Beautiful. they get on a roll, like. They need some wins. Obviously, they never won before they took some time off TV, right? They always were on mm -hmm. the, the losing end of the stick. They need to start picking up some victories. They need to get some fucking championships. Like, one of them needs to go after Orange Cassidy and the All-Atlantic title or something like that. Maybe maybe two of them need to go after the tag titles. Malachi should be instantly in the main event scene after a few weeks or something. You know, after they do something to... Some storyline to reintroduce them, he should be right back into the mix of things like mm -hmm. solid challenger for MJF would yeah. suck to have him be so soon because I feel like Malachi needs a run with the title. Like I would be okay with him being the next AEW champion in all honesty, okay, but yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to see MJF drop it yet. Right. Like he no. needs at least a solid six month run or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. I can definitely agree with that. But I'd like, uh, now, now that Claudio and Wheeler have essentially got the ROH titles, if they're like the Blackpool combat club sort of like move to the side and the house of black become the new, like prominent faction in AEW. Almost seems like Mox is going to kind of sort of maybe take Regal's spot as like the mentor of the back, the Blackpool combat club. Okay. But it almost makes more sense for it to be Danielson. Yeah. But who, who knows? Who knows what will happen there? Um, 
Was there any other thing? I think that was it for the other the segments that we didn't touch on. Yeah, I think, I think that's that that's all, all I got written down in my notes. But yeah, they were the ones I wanted to bring up. I think that was all of them. So uh, before we get into running down Rampage, let's go ahead and do because there was speaking of things that we don't cover, there was a quick like hook thing on Rampage. Um, basically, like what was like, what what did they say like? Hooks excited about something. What was it? I forget exactly what they did. It's a hook anniversary. It's one year since Hook debuted. <laughs> yeah. So like, they basically did like a small little video package for him, and it's he's been absent for quite some time now off of TV, which is a little sad. But hopefully we'll see him again relatively soon. But since it is his anniversary, is it? It's not the anniversary of Hook of the Week yet. We still got. Quite a bit of time to go until we hit that one year anniversary for Hook of the Week. But two weeks ago, I did a rare spawn abomination located in Stormheim and Legion for World of Warcraft called Hook. As we jump into a little Hook of the Week. Sev, what's our hook this week? Our hook this week, Brian, is Dr. Hook and the Medicine Show. Dr. Hook and the Medicine Show. Are you familiar with this band? That's a band, so no, I have no idea. (laughs) Uh, So I come across this band searching for hooks. Um, Dr. Hook and the Medicine Show was an American rock band formed in Union City, New Jersey. The band had commercial success in the 1970s. I'm looking at it here, so the lead singer... Um, don't know who he was. I guess Dennis Dennis Lacour Lacourier. I don't know how you say his last name. It looks like he wore an eye patch. Yeah, so I think the Doctor Ray Sawyer is the guy who wore an eye patch. Oh, um, so it wasn't the lead singer. I just assumed. No, no. I think he was known as like the most noticeable person of the band, obviously because of the eye patch and the cowboy hat. Um, but he, he passed away a couple of years ago at the age of eighty one. Eighty one. Yeah, long yeah, life. They, they have not long just done a uh, a 50th anniversary. I think they did a tour, to be fair. I saw, like, tickets available or sites tighten tickets from, like, two years ago. So wow. they're definitely um, still bumping around. And I did listen to a couple of the tracks. I do. I recognize, like, one or two of them. Um, Is it basic 1970s rock? It's, yeah, yeah. So it's got, sort of got that, like, groovy, upbeat, sort of happy stuff. But it's pretty good, actually. It's pretty chill. Um, and I did look over their albums, and they, uh, they called their second album Sloppy Seconds, which is... Uh, <laughs> What a great show. <laughs> so, for that alone, I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. Hook of the Week this week can be Dr. Hook and the Medicine Show. Hmm, their 1978 album was called Pleasure and Pain. Hmm. All right, well, that's a solid find. I think that might be the first band we've ever done. Yeah, I did. I did Peter Hook from New Order, but he was a member of a band, wasn't an actual man. Okay. okay. But yeah. Well, there you go. Your Hook of the Week this week. Go check them out. They're probably on Spotify, right? Yeah, I guess so. You could probably listen to them. Go check out Dr. Hook in the Medicine Show. Your Hook of the Week this week. And now as we move into Rampage, you and I ranked four things. Ed will reverse. I'll take the lows and you will take the highs. So I will kick us off with my number four from this past Friday night, which happens to be tag team action. Lee Moriarty and Big Bill taking on Clayton Bloodstone and Izzy James. Yeah, I missed I missed the names of the opponents, to be fair. So they just got question marks. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Big Bill and Little Moriarty, they squashed them, didn't they? Big Bill and Little Lee. That's what they should have been yeah. called. Big, Big, Bill, and Big oh, Bill and Little Lee. Big Bill and Little Lee. They missed it, man. They they missed opportunity down that one. My God. They need to change that. They, that's their tag name. Big Bill, Little Lee. Or they could just 
See, it's it's unfortunate that it's kind of like Little Bill because that was a, a kid's TV show back in the '90s about okay. Bill Cosby, Little Bill. <laughs> oh, but uh, this was a hell of a squash match. Um, you know, there was no no chance in hell that Clayton Bloodstone and Izzy James were gonna do anything here, get any offense in at all. This was a a massive squash match and rather pointless. Um, mm-hmm. obviously just building up the firm to something, right? Like making sure people know they're still around big bill, still a posing threat to whoever, I guess. Um, man, he's in great shape though. He is. He definitely looks good. And I, I, I knew I was just like, they put, uh, Moriarty went in first. It was like, okay, it's just a matter of time before, as soon as Morrissey gets in the ring, then it's going to be over in him. Oh yeah. It's over, yeah, yeah. Sure enough was. So, yeah. yeah. So. Not much to say on that. The match itself lasted all of uh, two minutes, if even that. So it was a real short match. Yeah. So do you want to know what I had at number one? I do. <laughs> Hoping it's my number one. Oh, it's got to be. It's got to be our boy Takeshita versus John Moxley. Fuck yes, dude. <laughs> Absolute hell of a match. Simply incredible. I Dude, Takeshita, my God. He is just something else, man. Now, this is not the first time that he and Mox have have met in AEW. They did wrestle previously, which Mox got the victory there, and he did, unfortunately, get the victory. I was really pulling for Takeshita. I I thought it would have been so cool if they would have given him the rub and let him beat Mox here at Rampage. It did feel Tony Khan did make some comments that he was going to start beefing up Rampage, and that does feel like he did this week. I mean, granted, we still did get, like, Big Bill and Little Lee in a squash match and, like, but he definitely put some star power on this rampage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after this match, we saw an appearance from Hangman Adam Page, which I can't remember the last time he was ever on a rampage. So there definitely was some star power here. But this was fucking a hell of a match. And Mox bladed. Of course he did. It's very rare that he doesn't blade in a match. So, of course, he bladed. Yeah, he bladed from a big boot by the guardrails, which is uh, yeah, fair enough. But yeah, I'll take note of the, um, obviously Mox, like, put out the challenge, and then when they announced who it was, they announced who it was on Dynamite, and about to catch that, the crowd went nuts. The crowd were, they popped hard for the announcements of this match. Um, But yeah, and then they're doing this thing with Don Callis now. Don Callis is, apparently they've done it a couple of times on Dark and Elevation. Like Don Callis like is in the in the skybox watching random people. No, he's watching Takeshita. They made note that Don Callis is like, I up Takeshita. Is he? Okay, I guess that makes sense. And it makes sense storyline-wise, too, because of Kenny Omega. Okay. Omega and Takeshita have history. Uh, oh, like from DDT. Yeah. Nice. But yeah, if uh, if Don Callis becomes like Takeshita's, like essentially Paul Heyman sort of thing, then I think we're, we're on to something. And it I wouldn't hate shows it. The- I also wouldn't hate seeing Takeshita part of the elite. Me, I didn't think of that. That'd be fucking awesome. Um, Hell yeah, it would. Yeah, I, I, I really liked they let Takeshita hang with Mox, and like he did hang. He did. They did kicked really, out really of the well. Death Rider. At one, mate, I jumped at off one. My seat. I jumped <laughs> off my seat. We're like, whoa, <laughs> fuck, it's happening. Um, yeah, it was really good. We got, we got like big DDTs and brainbusters and like loads of good stuff. Um, yeah, the the only thing I wasn't too keen on was the el- elbows to the back of the head um, from Mox. I mean, that that just made me uh, cringe a little. Um, it's quite dangerous. I know, I know the punches are the punches are pulled, but still, like um, you don't want people imitating like elbows to the back of the head. So it's just it's just fucking dangerous. That's really really reckless. But absolutely <laughs> fun. It is. But like, if it was, but if it was Mercedes, it'd be fine. 
<laughs> yeah, well, she already injured Soraya, didn't she? She did. So, um, and that's also why it makes sense that she could be the partner for for Soraya, uh, for Soraya at that show on January 11th because there is that history there. Like, yeah, it's, it could it's show pretty everyone. Exciting. It's no pretty exciting. Sort of. Yeah, pretty exciting. But yeah, this was by far the best thing on Rampage. And as she said, if um, they feel like Rampage is beefing up, we get we get like mystery opponents and then like big matches like this. Then Rampage is definitely worth tuning into. It? And it makes me wonder because Hangman Adam Page after the match, right? He did come down to confront Mox. Clearly, they're setting up for another match between those two. He's got to be cleared, right? Because he went into the fucking ring post. Yeah, yeah. Like they're saying he's not cleared, but he has to be cleared. Like he has to be through concussion protocol because they otherwise they would not have let him do that. Yeah, yeah. He comes down and he goes like, "I've not been cleared, but that means my brain don't work." So he starts throwing punches. They're like, yeah, man, you got to be cleared at this point. <laughs> but it was a hell of a match. I'm glad you had it at number one too because that was the right call. Wicked. So this is the decider for the Rampage Housing. Yep, Rampage Housing. Let's see if we can do it. Two matches left. Number three on my list is for the Regina Duwave title, which was Akara Shida defending against the Bunny. Yep, spot on. We nailed it. We did it! We did it. Kind of easy, easy to do on this uh, on this Rampage. I think there was only one, one correct way to go. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This match ended up being pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Uh, the Bunny looked real solid in this match. It was her first match back in several months right after coming down with an illness or an injury or something like that that took her off of tv for a little while she had myxomatosis um, what did she have i don't know she's a bunny and she that's what bunnies get myxomatosis oh i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i did like excalibur giving a rundown of the promotion that the regina d wave title comes from pro wrestling wave Okay. So, you know, kind of giving a little bit of a background on that title and history on it, since a lot of people here in the U.S. and elsewhere in the world probably have no clue. I really don't either yep. what that promotion is about and what that title is all about. But um, Sheeta always looks phenomenal, man. Like, it's hard for her to have a bad match. Like, she always she's not the most exciting. She's not the most insane, but she's always like solid. Yeah. And, and doesn't screw up like she makes things look good. Yeah, I can agree with that. I thought I thought it was a good match. Um, there was a lot of shenanigans, obviously, with Penelope Ford on the outside. I was a little disappointed that they were like, it went to an ad break, and then it came back, and it was one of those ad breaks where, like, the entire screen goes. And it came back, and then there was, like, a little highlight clip of, like, an Excalibur was like, oh, yeah, they had a great flurry during the break, and there was, I think, the bunny, like, suplex Sheeta off the second rope or something, like, ran up and grabbed her. I was like, oh, why didn't I get to see that stuff? That stuff was good stuff, and it was, uh, I missed it when the break. So that was a little disappointing. But yeah, I, uh, as I predicted, um, Shida would be going to face uh, Jamie Hayer and then winning this match, obviously with the implications to Hayer put on. But, uh, yeah, Hayer said whoever won this match, he was going to give a shot to, right? As we talked about a little little bit ago. So yeah. after Shida won, Hayer comes down and, and basically confirms that, uh, you know, this match is going to take place. And from what I was able to find, I, now I don't know if, I don't know that it's been 100% confirmed, but it sounds like it's taking place this Wednesday night. Winter is coming. It's very, very soon. That doesn't give enough time for a big, big build, but that doesn't give any time for build, really, does it? Doesn't give enough time for a big bill? No. I'm, I'm sure we'll open up Dynamite and it'll be like, oh. Um, Morrissey, big bill. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we'll open up Dynamite and it'll be like, oh, Shida and Hater used to live together or something. For six years ago. <laughs> and Hater didn't pay the water bill, so now they've got grudge. Well, there you go. <sighs> hey, that's solid storyline telling right there. 
Long term, that is. That's long. That's years in the making. They've been <laughs> they've been feuding over the sixty dollar water bill that Sheeta didn't pay seven years ago. It's time to get. It's time to collect that money. That Monet. <laughs> collect the Monet. Here comes the Monet. <laughs> what a way to bring her out. <laughs> so stupid. You know, also, there was only one thing that in this match that didn't make much sense to me. So Penelope Ford threw the kendo stick into the ring, yeah. and Aubrey Edwards stopped counting three. Like, yeah. that's not really interference. No, you don't have just, to stop the count there. No, no. Um, a little weird. They did it a while ago, didn't they? With Jer- was it Jericho versus someone, and someone threw the bat in the ring, so the referee stopped counting the pin because there was a bat in the ring. It's like, or was it all? Yeah, something like that. So, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. But that takes us to our last match, our our full housing for Rampage. Uh both of our number two. What is it? It is Orange Cassidy versus the mystery partner of Kip Sabian's choosing, which turned out to be our one member of Mustache Mountain, Mr. Trent Seven. You big fan of Trent? It's from your neck of the woods. He is from my neck of the woods. I have seen him before uh at local indie things. Um at local indie things, at local indie events. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, along along with Tyler Bate and others. Um, but yeah, yeah, I like I like Trent Seven. He's good. He's hard hitting. He yeah, he's great, man. I like that he yeah. kept the mustache mountain gimmick. He did. You see, uh, he's he hasn't had a graphic that like Trent Seven is all elite, but he did come out with Trent Seven and a uh, mustache mountain and AEW on his scarf, didn't he? And he made he did, and he also was at final battle. Okay. He was sitting in the crowd, and they showed him during the Samoa Joe Juice Robinson match, maybe teasing a match between Trent and Joe. Okay, that'd be nice. I'd like to see that. I might, yeah, I'd sign up for a month just to, to put stuff like that on. But yeah, Orange Cassidy got some uh, big bruises on his chest, like straight away from the, like, the first two slaps that Trent Seven gave. Um, and to be fair, was it Trent? Uh, Orange Cassidy went to put his hands in his pockets, and Trent like moved his hands to do the mustache pose. They both do the mustache pose. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, and we we're like, as Trent like slaps Orange Cassidy across the chest really hard. Orange Ooh, Cassidy, like his slaps are vicious, man. He can he can make them sound so good. Yeah, but Orange Cassidy, like, he takes his glasses off and then he recoils. He was like, wait, 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 takes his glasses off and then he's like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a really good spot, to be fair. Um, and I was a little shocked at how hard Trent Seven chopped the ring post when they were doing it outside. Like, he hit that so hard, man. Yeah. How did that not hurt his hand? (laughs) Probably did, to be fair. He's committed. Um, I'd like to see the statistics of every time someone slapping someone near the ring post has actually worked. Because I think it's less than than 10%. It's got to be. It Um, never works. Like, it's you're just asking for your hand to be broken or sore. Yeah. Then they, they pull the little outside and Penelope... Uh, Kip Sabian started to get involved. Her best friend started to get involved, and then Penelope she ran and she ran off, and that was like yeah, weird. she she, she ran to the back to her. get the bunny and the butcher and the blade. Yeah, so we're, we're like a butcher and the blade and the bunny, butcher and the blade and the bunny, and Penelope Kip Sabian we're sort of melding them together now. Um, I don't hate that to be fair. I don't hate it either. I think it's, yeah, it'd be nice for Kip to have some, like, backup muscle. I did say I wanted Andy, Anarchy Henry and J.D. Drake, but maybe he could have Anarchy Henry and uh, the Butcher and the Blade. Like, we're building a good stable there. Yeah. A very good stable there. But yeah, we had a nice um, show of power from Trent Seven, who caught, caught Orange Cassidy, and I think he was trying to do, like, a tilt world DDT or something. And he catches him the one side, and he sort of, like, um, picks him into the air and, like, turns it into a nice side slam. That was very good. And then Orange Cassidy, later on, with his own feet of strength, 
Trent managing to pick Trent Seven up into a beach break because uh, Trent, Trent Seven doesn't look like a light guy. He does look like he's got a bit of weight behind him. He put on more weight since he left WWE, did he not? He looked a little bigger than I remember him looking. Yeah, I'm not sure because I did. I wasn't paying attention to him in WWE like to the towards the end of his run there. So I'm not sure how physically. What his Seeing physical him makes me point. makes me miss Tyler Bate though. Like I don't know what he's doing right now at, since he lost that unification match between the NXT UK title and NXT title with Braun Breaker. Like mm-hmm. I don't I don't know that Tyler Bate's been around since then. But I miss Mustache Mountain as like a as a duo. Like I kind of wish he would be in AEW now too. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is a shame. Yeah, he's still signed to NXT then, isn't he? I believe he is, yeah. Yeah. Kept it. Maybe, maybe he's got to find someone else with a mustache then. <laughs> Kip needs to grow one out. He just draw a mustache on his box. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be good shit. Hell of a main event, though. Definitely a, a solid way. I think people were excited to see Trent. Uh, you know, people definitely know who he is from his time in, in WWE the last few years. Seeing him there was a little bit of a surprise, right? I don't think any of us ever expected to see him pop up. So um, hopefully he sticks around. Definitely exciting and good way to close out Rampage. Oh, the, ma- the match was the match was good. There's, there's a very end of Rampage I wasn't a fan of because they brought Dustin Rhodes back out. But... Oh, you didn't, dude. Texas. They're in Texas. What do you expect? <laughs> yeah. Don't forget about Texas. Sev always forgets about Texas. Remember the Alamo. Remember the Dustin. He's going to the be Alamo, there. Remember the Dustin. To be fair, he did the announce like a few days ago or a few weeks ago that 2023 will be his, like his last year in wrestling. He's got like one year. As, a, as an active competitor. Okay. Fair. I mean, he's he's probably not going to go anywhere. He'll probably transition to like a backstage tree. role. or I mean, maybe. His dad got did some commentary for WCW, if you remember. Oh, I, love, I love Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes is a hero. Um, but Dustin Rhodes, I'm not a fan of. What about Cody Rhodes? Yeah, he's all right, isn't he? Yeah, he'll, he he'll be back. He went back to the land of sports entertainment. He'll be back at the Royal Rumble. He'll probably win. And everybody's saying he's going to be the one to take one of those titles off Roman Reigns. So we'll see. Be fair, he should be, because I don't think they've got anyone else who's going to do it. So. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Solid Rampage, though. Definitely a step up from the past couple weeks or months of Rampage that we've been getting on Friday nights. I think I would go four stars again. I think I'd just stay at four stars. Outside of, like, the the Big Bill Little Lee match, I thought this was a pretty solid Rampage. Um, yeah, uh, I went with 3.5 stars. I thought it was good. Okay, okay. Perfect. That is your recap of Rampage, and that means we need to look ahead to what is happening this week on Dynamite and Rampage. Rampage, we don't know anything about yet. I'm sure we will find out um, this Wednesday night, and they'll probably confirm the card as they usually do. But we have several things announced for Winter is Coming on Wednesday. As we talked about earlier, the House of Black will be in action. I assume a squash match, right? It's probably going to be a squash match. I think there was something on Rampage where Eddie Kingston and Santana, or no, Eddie Kingston and Ortiz answered the call. So I think it might be them. Oh, then it may not be a squash match. Who knows? I guess we'll see. I forgot that happened. Um, They also announced Ruby Soho would be taking on Ty Mello, kind of going back to Ty being the one to to take Ruby off TV, right, when she needed some time off for her injury. She had some cosmetic surgery done too on her face she broke her nose and yeah and then it looks like she had some reconstructive surgery done okay yeah and basically has like a brand new nose now um match four in our best of seven series for the aew trios titles will be taking place death triangle against the elite death triangle at two victories the elite at one i imagine i actually don't know 
I, I, I can't predict who's going to win this match, but I'll be able to predict who the, the next three winners. I don't know who's going to win this one, but okay. I assume Death Triangle maybe wins this one. And then the elite sweeps the final the three. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that might be it. Or they tie it up. The elite, you know, gets two to two. And then maybe the elite wins match five. Death Triangle ties it back up at three for match six. And then match seven goes to probably the elite. I, I assume the elite is walking away from this entire thing with the titles again. But um should be a hell of a match. The other three matches have been really solid, so I'm looking forward to to this one. This one, like I said, I, I saw that it basically was confirmed, but I don't know if it is 100% confirmed for the women's title. Jamie Hayter defending against Akara Shida. I would not be shocked if that does end up taking place this Wednesday night. And then, of course, likely the main event for the AEW world title and the Dynamite Diamond Ring, MJF defending both against Ricky Starks. Should be a hell of a show. Yeah, solid, solid show. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Really looking forward to it myself. It should be good. Like I mentioned, though, we don't know anything for Rampage. So before we get on out of here, you know what we need to do, Sev. We need to hit the gong and do a little burial round. Two weeks ago, I sent the Dark Order down and brought Chris Jericho up. What are you going with this week? So this week, we're going up because he uh, he took my advice and just kept smashing that. Uh, Darby Allen is the king of TV, uh, Samoa Joe. I like it. Samoa Joe up, man. Desec- uh, successful defenses against Darby and Juice Robinson. He is on a roll, doing very yes. well right now. Joey, Joey, two belts. Joey, two uh, belts. He is up, and then unfortunately, I know they had a great match, uh, and you love them very much. But as you said before, they have now missed the opportunity to gain the AEW I know tag where you're going. titles. Yeah. And they have lost the Ring of Honor titles. The uh, the great era of seven star FTR is losing its shine. They got to they, they uh, got to put them down. Yeah, they didn't they didn't shine when it mattered most. No, so unfortunately, FTR, you are going down. Fine. I wonder if this starts. Like I said, I bet this starts a decline for FTR. Right? Maybe it's built in storyline purposes. Right? But I have a feeling. They're going to go on a string of losses. They're going to lose okay. those IWGP tag titles. They're going to lose those AAA tag titles. Like, this is going to start FTR's decline. They did talk about, like, wanting to, you know, pursue maybe some independent stuff. I, I would hate to see them depart from AEW, though. But who knows? Yeah. I mean, they are good. They are very, very good. Um you just don't know how, how long you can display, yeah, display the same talent over and over again before, they, before you need to move on to the next one, build new stars. Um, so yeah, that was my All burial right. ground. Solid burial ground. FTR going down. Samoa Joe coming up. I like it. I like it a lot. But I think, Sev, that'll bring us to the close of our show this week, unless you have anything else you want to mention before we get on out of here. That'll do it, Brian. That'll do it. All right. Well, we do want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of Blood and Destroyers and all the Elite Wrestling Podcast made possible, of course by rpgera.com. Want to help us and grow this show? Check the description box for ways you can spread the word. We need your help. And in that description box will also be a link to our Discord server. Come chat with us during the events. I usually am in there. Sev's usually in there. Chatting live during Dynamites and sometimes Rampage. Usually all the pay-per-views. I was in there throwing stuff for Final Battle, tagging you because I knew you weren't watching live. Jump in our Discord server. Click it. Join it. Interact with us. Um, all right. Well, closing out the show, you know how we do. We got to do theme song of the week last. Well, two weeks ago, I went with uh, Jake Hager and his purple hat as our theme song of the week. Sev, this week, the honor falls to you. What is our theme song of the week? She's got herself some new teammates. And I've got to believe that she is taking down the Cargill regime. 
this week I would like to go with Kiara Hogan. Okay. I didn't know who you were going. You you and I usually mention like before we record uh, where we're going to go for our theme song of the week, but we did not do that. I had no idea who you were going to go with, but I like it. All right. We're going to go with uh, Kiara Hogan's AEW music to, does it have a name? I'm looking to see if I can quickly find it. Uh, I will have to not because I don't find, I, I can't find it. So we will have to forego the name. I don't know the name of her theme, but uh, we are, oh, uh, let's get it. I found it. It's called let's get it. <laughs> Let's get it. Let's get it. We're going to close out with Kiara Hogan's AEW theme. Now hit the music. <laughs> 